Hey everyone, welcome to the very first official episode of Toying Around. I'm your host Mike, and uh, I've been I've been going I've been toying around for the past few weeks of what I wanted to do for my first episode, and I've got some pretty cool guests lined up in the coming weeks. But with the holidays and everything, uh, it's a little tight to coordinate, a little tough to coordinate people's schedules. So, as Triple H said. In 98, when, when you're, you're building an army, you look to your friends, you look to your family. So I thought that there was nothing more appropriate than for the very first episode, having my brother, my very best friend, Dan Z, come on and talk. So Dan and I, I'm gonna, I'm, he's going to hop in in a second, but Dan and I met through toys. And our entire friendship has been built off of that, and even though he doesn't collect anymore, I, I like to think he still appreciates a good toy and all that. So before I bring him on, I just want to point out, uh, I like to do everything in one shot. I am not one of these computer pros. I don't like to edit anything. So as far as I'm concerned, then you're going to get used to it or you're not going to listen, I guess. There's not going to be any editing. This is a one shot. We're live, pal. So deal with it, I guess. And with that being said, here is my best friend, Dan. Hello there, folks. Hello there. So before we get started and talking about toys, well, we're going to talk about toys either way, but why don't you tell everybody exactly how we first met? Because I, I want, I'm curious. I mean, we've talked about this so many times. You were the best man at my wedding. You incorporated this into your speech. Uh, I'm curious to get your take on on our our first conversations and how this all became. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I started my speech at Mike's wedding, saying that Mike and I met online, and no, not in the usual way, but as Mike said, through a toy message board in this case. So that was a wrestling figure message board, and I had posted my findings, i.e. what was at the store that I went to. I think it was the Walmart in our local town. And that day when I posted it, back then, this is 2002, you were able to link your AIM screen name, AOL Instant Messenger, for those that aren't familiar with it. Our younger listeners. <laughs> so I put my screen name with link to my username on that forum slash message board. And I got an I am from someone that I was unfamiliar with, but he said that um, hey, hey man, I'm also from the same town. Do I mention the town we're from? Yeah, we're from we're from Central New Jersey. This was in Old Bridge. Old Bridge, yep. So when this guy reached out to me, I was kind of tentative, stranger danger of the sorts. My mom always told me don't talk to people you don't know. So here I am, just being a good boy, first year in high school, and. Um, he actually asked me, who am I? I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure if I want to tell you. So I was playing it, scaredy cat, essentially. But he was very upfront and said, I'm Mike Wiener. I'm from Old Bridge, too. And I was like, oh, cool. Actually, I do, I've heard your name through other people. And, of course, the first question anyone asked Mike that especially knew about wrestling was, oh, your, co your cousin works for WFWE. So I had that stupid question. I'm sure he got served a thousand times. But here I was asking it too. And I'm sure he just rolled his eyes while he was, he was responding to it. But we did talk here and there. And actually, I brought up that I was really interested in a Billy Kidman figure. And Billy he, Kidman costume. Still waiting on that one. Yeah. So that was where we left off that very first night. And I actually went to sleep excited. I was like, cool, I made a new friend that not only is into wrestling like I am, but he's into toy collecting. And those are two of my huge hobbies if I'm 
in ninth grade at this point. So I was just really excited to meet Mike. And um, I think the next day or so, we met in school formally. And I was like, oh, hey, you're the guy I spoke to. How's it going? And that was really the most humble, humble beginning, like a positive thing of any friendship, that it was something as wholesome as that, something that we were both very passionate about. And I really just took it with like pride that this is the way I met this person. And look at it now, that's 2002. This is almost 18 years later. Friendship's still going strong. And as Mike said, although I'm not collecting anymore, I definitely love coming over and seeing what he's gotten recently and just talking to him about anything that pertained to that. In addition to all the other things that encompass our life now that intertwine. So Dan, which I don't know if you're getting from this monologue, Dan's a very shy person. You know, it takes him a long time to come out of his shell. Um, And he's absolutely right. When I messaged him seemingly out of nowhere, he was very hesitant to divulge any sort of information. And, um, what I remember, maybe it wasn't that initial conversation we had, but it was very soon after. Um, Jacks specific had just started coming out with their ruthless aggression WWE action figures, and at the time, the first set of adrenaline two packs was a Jeff Hardy and Tommy Dreamer two pack, and it was very hard to find. And I I had come across it at the Toys R Us in East Brunswick. And like he said, we were freshmen in high school. We weren't driving or anything like that. And Dan was looking for it. And I remember like hounding my mother to be like, go, go, go pick the, the other one that was there up. Go pick it up for my friend Dan. And that's that's basically how we met outside of school was him coming to my house to pick up this two-pack, which as adults sounds absolutely ridiculous. But as kids who collected wrestling figures, it was awesome. And like he said or he alluded to, you know, in, in high school, you know, people didn't really collect toys. If they did, they didn't talk about it. I'm a very upfront person. I don't really hide anything. I am who I am. So I was very upfront with him about who I was and trying to get him to open up and, you know, just trying to find someone in, in uh, high school, which could be such a shitty and a hard place for a kid, especially geeks like us. Um, trying to extend that olive branch and make a friend with very similar interests. Um, so we're sitting here in my toy room and, uh, Dan, like you said, does not collect anymore. And we're sitting at my table where I've got all these displays and I pulled out a whole bunch of new wrestling figures that Dan has not seen in person yet. Um, I'm trying to pull them back in. One of the, one of the recent releases was the elite 72, I believe Dave Batista, and uh, he's a big Dave fan. So I'm trying to entice him. I've got Dave front and center. What do you think about this, Dave? Mattel, in my opinion, has done a really great job. Uh, I think they've exceeded what Jax was able to put out. Um, that's not to say I don't have complaints, and I'm going to get into them. But you're looking at these. You you were still collecting when Mattel took over, and I know you had some issues uh, with the figures, and that's kind of part of why I think you stopped collecting. So first, tell me about your thoughts on this Dave Batista and then talk to us about why you stopped collecting what it, what it was that kind of drove you away from it. Right. So first off this Batista is incredible. I must say the scan is one of the best I've seen on a wrestling figure in general. Mattel really knocked it out of the park with that. And just the figure as a whole, it's just, I don't know, very so- solid in my opinion, just had everything that I could possibly look for from a figure. 
And as Mike mentioned, one of the things that really turned me off from my main collection was wrestling figures, uh, video game figures here and there, but re- wrestling was my go-to. But you do have a, a third-party Metal Gear Solid figure in pre-order, don't you? Yes, I do. It's still yeah. in pre-order. So there you go. So, it's just been about a year and a half. Yeah, that should be coming out any day now. I should follow up on Instagram with that guy. But yes, Dave was really nice. And the one issue that I would say a large reason as to why I stopped collecting and got tired of the hobby was going through the quality control of things. And to be honest, I'm a very OCD person and these kind of things get to me easily when it comes to action figures and anything like that. But it's having a loose part or something that I had to mend and repair or try and replace a part that I didn't agree with on a certain figure. That kind of became very taxing for me. So Spreadsheets. <laughs> Spreadsheets from Mattel, that was the reasoning we got. But yeah, so that kind of pushed me away from it. And at this point, but I can't, I'll never take them away. The thought, thought that I can still appreciate them. That looks really great. Or the parts are perfectly selected across the board and the head scan looks amazing. And the figure paint apps are great. So um, in this case, someone like Dave, I can't deny when I'm looking at it, holding it, I am at this very moment. I think that the way Dan is lovingly looking at this Dave is probably the way that Dana Brooke looks at her Dave. And, uh, the two DBs, you mean? the two DBs. And I'm, Proud to say that I picked up a DB for my DZ to take home with today. I'm gonna, I guess I'm trying to reel him back into this. Um, he mentioned quality control, and that's a big issue that I have. And I go through, I go through phases with wrestling figures where I get really pumped for something that's coming out, and then I get it, and I get really pissed off. And I kind of tell myself, "Well, I'm done. I'm, I'm not gonna do wrestling figures anymore. I'm not collecting them." And I'm just fucking lying to myself i'm gonna pick up the next wave or the next character that i don't have or cool attire or any aj styles for that matter but uh so i just got from ringside collectibles who if you collect wrestling figures is the place to get them from they've been in business since probably 99 i've been ordering from them since 2000 and uh I mean, I pick up any character that's new, any character that just really stands out to me. I like to pre-order them, know I've got them coming. The bad thing about that is you do not get to see the paint apps in person, but at least I know I got them coming. I don't have to worry about hunting them down. So last week I pre-ordered the new Elite 74 Finn Balor in his Royal Rumble attire and uh, Andrade, and they came in on Friday. Excuse me, when I opened them up, Andrade was perfect. Finn, on the other hand, they use for for the body, the parts that they give Finn, his hips are attached to his pelvis with a kind of a socket and ratchet type joint. And it's the same parts that every Daniel Bryan and every CM Punk figure have had. And I don't think I ever got a CM Punk figure that did not have some sort of issue with his legs. What happens is the, the socket is this plastic piece and it, if it's not, I guess if it doesn't set right, it kind of gets rubbery. And when you go to extend the legs outwards, which is a pretty pivotal point of articulation, I'm an articulation whore. I like my figures to move every which way. So when you go to move the leg, they, it either just becomes floppy or it doesn't get the full extension and it, it's really just shit. And Finn's leg basically just flailed about. I was able to replace it with a part from another figure that I had to take apart, but it's not the point. You know, Mattel, what I don't understand about Mattel is that they have ball-jointed hips, the barbell-style hips, and they use them 
So I don't know why they're not updating all of their figures to have that standard because they work so much better. So that's, that's something that really confuses me as a collector. If you have superior parts, why aren't you using them? And we're not talking about part selection as far as they have arms that are too big or too small or their legs are too fat, nothing like that. We're talking about just like not an aesthetic thing, but a, a functionality thing. And that, that's something that really gets me. And, and I, like he said, he's very OCD. I'm not very OCD. I like, listen, I what calms me down sometimes after a long day is sitting on the couch and playing around with some of my figures. Uh, I do toy photography, obviously. If you follow us on Instagram, you see that. But it's it's just frustrating that they have better parts and they're not using them. So Dan, when you were still collecting, what were some of, some of the other things that you collected? What was your favorite piece in your collection, your favorite figure that you ever purchased? Mm -hmm. I would say that Adrenaline Jeff Hardy has always had a, give me a, a warm feeling in my heart and my belly because that was from my best friend and I kept that for as long as I can remember. And then I had the Elite 16, I believe, CM Punk, where he's wearing the Money in the Bank. Money in the tire. Bank attire, yeah, yep, the Chicago attire with the white I'm pretty sure you know part of me. Uh, I think for the, most part, from ringside. for the most part, if I wasn't ordering from ringside, Mike was usually finding my figures because he would just would hunt everything down. <laughs> and okay, I got you this. So that was really sweet to have a friend that not only wanted to share the hobby with you, but would literally go to any length to find you something in addition to anything he could find for himself. So a lot of the figures, when I wasn't purchasing them online, Mike was getting them for me. So a lot of those, I think it was um, Ruthless Aggression 5 cane oh my that God. Mike got for me and put in my locker. So when I came in today, <laughs> it was waiting for me. And he got me even like a, a two-pack once. I tried to fit it in my backpack and it was like popping out during Spanish class. So I was like, oh crap, people were going to see I collect wrestling figures and no one's got to understand but Mike because everyone else would be a prick because they're, Oh my God, we're 15, 16 years old. What are you doing? Still collecting toys. And at that time, you still care about that for some reason. 30-year-old Dan wouldn't give a shit if that was the case and someone knew he collected because who cares at that point? 30-year-old Dan, 31-year-old Dan, walked into a toy store in Manhattan yesterday to pick up a gift for his cousin. And this is a family toy store. with very, It's a very interactive place. Everything's on display. You can test everything out. Dan walked in there. He told me when he got to my house tonight, which, by the way, he showed up. He didn't realize he was recording our very first episode. I kind of, uh, kind of fucked him into that one. But uh, so he walked into this toy store, and everybody that walked in is a family, or they, they definitely have kids with them. And here comes thirty-one-year-old hipster Dan walking into this toy store in Manhattan, and I'm sure he got some very uh, suspicious looks from security probably trying to figure out exactly who he was trying to lure out of the store. <laughs> yeah, Dorman did give me a side eye, for sure. But overall, still a great experience. And it kind of did give me a nudge back into the toy world to, to a degree. And so what's cool about that when he told me about this place, I mean, there's there's nothing there that I would go in for. I mean, I, nothing that I collect is sold there, but it brings us back to, like, I don't know, I'm assuming our childhood and being able to go into KB Toys or Toys R Us and, and how immersive everything was. And you don't have that anymore. Now the Toys R Us is closed in the States. Um, Target and Walmart do not offer that experience. Toys R Us did just reopen, I think, one or two stores inside of malls. And um, they're going for that more immersive, interactive experience. But again, they're not carrying anything that, you know, as a collector, I'd be interested in. It's, it's much more geared towards children now. 
Um, and hopefully that works for them and they're able to reestablish themselves because it's, it's, it's really depressing as a collector to not have those experiences. I mean, I'm not somebody that, that likes to hunt because so often you, you walk away empty handed, but when you find something, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend a few years ago, we were looking for, I was looking for the WWE best of pay-per-view wave that was exclusive to Toys R Us. And it had this Christian figure in black tights with these purple designs. And I was going out to Toys R Us every night because it was, they were starting to hit around Christmas time. So Toys R Us was open until about midnight at the time. And they'd put all their pallets out at night and I'd go pallet diving almost every night. I had two or three different Toys R Us's in the area, bring along whoever I could. And I remember my wife and I hit freehold and there were three boxes labeled best of pay-per-view, but the, the previous wave was still shipping as well, which was a pain in the ass because you get excited. You think it's what you want. And it's something that came out half a year ago. I opened up the first case. Oof. Banged my uh, computer by accident. I open up the first case. It's the previous wave. Fuck. Open up the second wave. God damn it. First wave again. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's just go. I don't want to dig out this third case. Just to be disappointed again. I look at my wife. Just open the fucking box. All right. Moving all these boxes, trying to do it, you know, without the employees seeing. I get to the box. I open it up. And I open, I, you know, I cut it open with my key and I looked in and I closed it instantly. And I looked up at her. I'm I, like a child. And I was like, it, it's Christian. It's it. She's like, all right, take it. So we can get the hell out of here and get home. It's 1130 at night. And that, that was such a fun experience. Um, and I think I grabbed one for Dan too, or if I didn't, we were definitely hunting that down that weekend so we can grab one as well. Um, and we, we have so many to us, at least fun and wild hunting stories. How oh, yeah. we spent an entire summer looking for fucking Tarkin from Star Tarkin Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> We walked from the hotel convention to the Toys R Us just to go find figures, and the dad picked us up at night. There's wild memories that honestly stick with you for a lifetime. As cliche as that sounds, it is true. What is your, and there's so many, but what what would you say is your favorite hunting memory? Hmm. Tarkin aside? No, we, the, we can talk about Tarkin. Fine Tarkin. We can talk about Tarkin. How, that was the summer that I first started driving, so we were 17. Yeah. It was hot as hell that And we had summer. nothing better than look for that goddamn And I had, I had no money to spend on <laughs> gas, but Jesus Christ, we figured it out. Three-inch figure. <laughs> we weren't doing it. But um, no, I think wrestling figure-wise, what would I say? The uh, yeah, WCW, ECW wave. Oh, yeah, with the Jericho and gigantic head. And Flair. You're my, oh, my boy. God, Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really awesome, honestly. And, um... Yeah, I think even, to be honest, the, f- the first Elite Wave, when it was January 1st of that year, yeah, it, it was, came out. It was supposed to come out January 1st. It was the, the street date for all of the Mattel figures when they took over the license from Jackson in 2010. Mm-hmm. And about two weeks beforehand, mm-hmm. Toys R Us has started putting them out. And some of them were street dated and others weren't. It was very weird. I had a friend that I went to college with who worked at a local Toys R Us, and I remember giving him all the information, the UPC numbers and pictures of all the figures, and he was looking, you know, he was keeping his eye out, he was he worked in the stock room, and I, I went in, I was doing Christmas shopping with my mother, and I walk into the store, and on the shelf is Triple H and Batista from the first Basic Wave, and I was furious <laughs> that I missed Kofi and Big Show. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't remember who else was in the big wave. You're furious, Miss Big Show. I was so mad, and I think Cena was in it. And uh, I remember going up to the cat, the register, and I'm like, "What? These aren't supposed to be out. Where are the rest of them?" And they're like, "Nah, we we sold them. They got put out." And then uh, a few days later, I found the Elite Wave with. Well, that, that's a good story, actually. We, we were driving around that night, and we found the rest, almost the rest of the basic wave. I did find Big Show, and we found mm-hmm. Cena, but I, it took me a couple days to find Kofi. We went to a Target in South Plainfield who had the Elite Wave in the back, and they had definitely sold some of them already because the number didn't match the quantity in the case. And we went in looking for, who was it, CM Punk, Undertaker, MVP, that's MVP, it. the ba- the black and blue MVP, Mysterio yeah. and Edge were that first wave. Yeah. It was supposed, Jeff Hardy was supposed to be in it, but he had just gotten released, mm-hmm. and uh, they pulled that figure from the wave. It ended up coming out uh, a few years ago, maybe two years ago, yeah. finally. But uh, we went to Target, and they, I think they had everybody but Edge. Edge, yeah, I think so. We got Edge on January first. Or he stayed over that night. Where our goal was, we were gonna stay up all fucking night and go out as Toys R Us was opening to pick up all the figures. But they most of them had already been picked dry by that point. But we were able to get Edge. And then later that day, probably five or six at night, we went to Kmart because we heard that they had actually gotten in series two of the two packs. So we were able to go grab some of them too. More Sundays. What were they in the first one? I think so. The Colognes were. Oh yeah. That that was the one we could no not the yeah Carlito and Primo. Yeah. And I couldn't, they didn't have them. They were already sold out of them. Um, I don't remember who the other wit- figures were in that pack. I remember the Morrison, the weird scan. Yeah, yeah oh, his, <laughs> his jaw was gigantic. He had the most uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell jaw <laughs> I've ever seen on a figure. Elite Series 3 was um, Rody Codes and the Maze. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Target and we could not find the Miz anywhere. And we were hounding these these poor workers with this older lady and we gave her the, the DPCI number and we're saying, you know, the only one we're looking for is the Miz. What are you looking for? The Maze? <laughs> no, the Miz. And then she came out, she did not have it. <laughs> no, all we could think was, oh my God, she's looking for the fucking Maze. What's going memorable at the very least. Frustrating at the time, but here we are joking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's such great memories. Another one that stood out was when you were looking for the very first Brock Lesnar Mattel figure, Elite 19, I think it was. We had gone to a couple stores, a couple different Walmarts as they were closing, no luck. And we flew over to South Plainfield. We got there like 20 minutes before they closed, if that. And it was sitting on the pallet. There were two small boxes on top of it. And there was a worker stocking the shelf. And I, you know, if there's a worker there, I don't like to just start rearranging their work. I like to at least ask them if they'll do me the favor of opening it. Uh, so we went over to her and said, Hey, you know, excuse me, miss. Um, we're looking for a certain figure. It's in this box right here. Is there any way you could open it up for us? And very, am I, am I right or wrong? She's very rude. How'd she respond? She goes, I ain't at that box yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there's only two little ones above <laughs> it. I'll, I'll move them for you. I ain't at that box yet. Okay. Well, that you guys close in 15 minutes. Is there any way I could just move and you could open it up for me? You ain't getting it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Am I getting it? So, uh, 
she we shared a few more words and I very cocky <laughs> no not proud very cocky when I told her I was getting it and uh suffice it to say we walked out of there with Brock Lesnar I mean, at least in that case, you had verbal communication as opposed to sting gloves in the local Walmart. <laughs> oh my God. Who never spoke a word to you, but just gave you looks that he was going to murder you. Oh, my God. There's this dude that worked at the Walmart in Old Bridge. He, he, wore, he wore these gloves that looked like stings, the black ones with the, with the white writing on it. And you'd have, I don't think he spoke English. He, he must have been from certainly another country. And anytime you'd ask him something, he would just give you this death stare. <laughs> he wouldn't even try to communicate. He would just, look, he would just stare you down and walked away. Uh, I didn't really get too lucky with him working most nights. Uh, I feel like I have the most negative connotation of my fear collecting with that Old Bridge Walmart. Yeah. yeah. I feel like more often than not, I would see a wall full of John Cena figures or Big Show figures. And for those listening, Big Show is my least like wrestler of all time, so... More or less than Roman. Um, that's a good point, but no, I think Big Show had the longevity in his in his sure. case. So I, I like EST disliking this guy since nineteen ninety eight. No, you like I, you you used to tell me stories about getting yeah. the the first Jacks Big Show figure. First Jacks, he had the giant it? fucking hands. Oh yeah, I mean I got it from the drug fair at the time. <laughs> But, but didn't you look all over for it? No, I just, I just came across it. Mm. We dropped my brother, my older brother off at basketball practice, and my mom brought the drug fair. At the time, the drug fair had wrestling figures, but that ridiculous big show with the claw hands, that, and now it's coming back to me when you mentioned it. I mean, there was that other big show, that the RA one, that was just literally wearing a diaper, <laughs> but it came, it came with that undisputed title. So that big show was always, I mean, like, so I guess besides that for bone-crushing action yeah. one. Besides that, I didn't want any picture of figure. What happened when you went to the East Brunswick Mall and you were looking for a cane figure? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been like they would have that spread thing where they'd have like merchants laid out in the middle part of the mall. And this was after Kane went from his one-arm-covered attire to the singlet, so it's a tank top. And I found the figure that had the one-arm covered. It was a cool figure and all that. At the time, I think seventh grade, maybe I was just like gung ho on like, oh, I want a new cane, so I don't want to the can it's out. But the merchant to kind of get me to buy it was like, well, I heard a rumor that he's actually gonna go back to that old tire. <laughs> Obviously, trying to take advantage of the fact that this kid wants this figure or he wants the cane figure, and I'm saying entice him to buy the one that I have to offer. And lo and behold, of course, I purchased it and took my mom, <laughs> took my mom like thirty dollars at the time because those merchants oh my god like, so charge as much as they possibly want. So yeah. Dave Meltzer won that round because that woman definitely heard from the dirt sheets that Kane, when she had it on good authority, Kane was going back. May or may not be going back to that two weeks after he did his new attire. <laughs> two weeks after his new attire. And needless to say, uh, he did not go back to that attire. But Dan got fucked out of $30 for it. Well, my mom did. Well, Dan's mom got fucked out of $30 for it. You're sitting in this room, and it's not complete. It's a work in progress. I've got toys all over the place. I cleaned up the floor just so we can get in here. Mm-hmm. What in here sticks out to you is something that if you were to get back into collecting, mm-hmm. you might want to pick up. Now, just to give you guys a visual, in front of us, we have a cube shelf with, on top of it, we have Nightmare on Elm Street figures, Pennywise figures. Friday the 13th, all different horror icons. We've got Leatherface, Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, 
Chucky Tiffany, Sam from Trick or Treat. Underneath that, we've got four shelves of Ninja Turtles. You're going to hear Ninja Turtles a lot. Then we've got the NECA Street Diorama. The first row on top of it are the Mezco Gomez figures. We've got more Ninja Turtles. We've got Mezco Gordon and McFarlane Stranger Things uh, Sheriff Hopper. We've got the Mezco Pink Skull Gang. We've got Popeye the Sailor Man. We've got Shredder. We've got the Fortnite Peely Bananas. We've got a Xenomorph. And we're panning around to the other wall. We've got a whole entertainment center filled with just Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Legends figures. Next to that, we've got the Ghostbusters rooftop diorama. We've got more Ninja Turtles. We've got some Pops. We've got some Storm collectibles, Tyson, Ali, and Hogan's. We've got some Supernatural Pops and Props. Uh, more Ninja Turtles. A shelf of Batman. We've got a whole bunch of Xenomorphs, Predators, Terminator, Ghostbusters, more Xenomorphs, Power Rangers, Simpsons, Godzilla, more DC heroes. And on the other wall, all by itself, we have Winnie the Pooh. Looking at all this stuff, and you know what else I collect, you know what else I have. What, if you were to get back into this, where do you think you'd start? Well, you do have these video game ones down here. It's Mortal Kombat. Ah, I did not mention Mortal Kombat. I do have the Storm Collectibles. Excuse me, I'm a little sick right now. The Storm Collectibles Mortal Kombat figures. It's hard to see down there. I've got Goro and Shao Kahn and his throne. We've got the ninjas. We've got uh, Ermac, Noob Saibot, your boy Noob, Smoke, Rain, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, uh, Reptile, then we've got Baraka, we've got Mortal Kombat 3 Scorpion, and we've got, I'm going to sound like such an asshole because I can't remember which two these are, we've got the Cyborg Ninjas, I think it's uh, Cyrax and Smoke, those, that's what catches your eye? Yeah, I mean, that's, that, I mean, you know, you have Hulk Hogan's here too, so obviously I can't, uh, Hogan that is, Hulk, Hogan, the man that's responsible for Wrestlemania. Who now? Wait, 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 wait! You bring up a you bring up a very interesting argument right there. I have heard that Vince McMahon was responsible for the success of WrestleMania. Well, two Playboy bunnies would tell me that Hulk Hogan was the one. So you think Hulk Hogan is responsible for the success of WrestleMania? Yep. Then why can't we get him to tell NWO Hulk Hogan? He just got back in their good graces. Give some time. Ah. But until then, we have this figure that we do have. We do have a Storm Collectibles <laughs> NWO Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, and it's awesome. And although it's, his arms are huge, that makes sense. We've got the 24 inch Python brother. Scale wise, it matches up better than anything Mattel, Jax, or uh, San Francisco Toymaker has ever done, brother. And in front of him, we have two Mike Tysons and a Muhammad Ali. That, I can get behind that, too. Do you think the way that Tyson is. His position. Do you think he's ready to fight some of these rat fucks, or <laughs> do you think he's just marveling at Ali? Can we get that interview linked in this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd lose all the viewers that I may never have <laughs> by playing that. You, you rat fuck. It looks like he's ready to bite. Take a bite some action. Ooh, take a bite out of crime. <laughs> and the Marvel figure. I mean, I've seen you collect the Marvel and comic book hero. Figures forever, but yeah, I can't deny the fact they all look for most part incredible. Now, wait, wait, wait. You, the, this is something that's pretty interesting. So, I've got on one of my shelves, it's the very first Marvel 
Legends, MCU, Avengers figures from the very first Avengers movie. And um, I'm going to show you Thor and Black Widow. I think those are the two that you'll see the most here. I just want to show you what a long way they've come. I want From somebody that really doesn't see these things too mm -hmm. often. So these figures came out... Thor probably came out in about... When did Avengers come out? 2012? Oh, yeah. Widow came out when Winter Soldier came out. So what year was Winter Soldier? Like 2013? Yeah, 2012? Yeah, okay. So there's them. Now I'm going to show you the Thor... And Black Widow that have come out more recently. So here's Thor. This is... Don't spoil it. Dan hasn't seen Endgame yet. Here's... Don't tell people that. Here's Bro Thor. <laughs> he goes, what's he from? <laughs> and where's Widow? And here's Black Widow. This is a little bit of a kit bash, but... Oh, you saw Infinity War, right? Yeah. All right, so I'll show you the Widow from Infinity War then. I'm going to pray that nothing gets knocked over. If you hear a big crash, I'll buy a, oh, you son of a bitch. You know what happened. All right. Yeah. Oh. Compare them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying night and day, but definitely a vast improvement. I mean, just the everything about these current ones that came out more recently. Are just Check out the heads on these things, because recently, I want to say maybe the past year or two, um, Hasbro, as well as Mattel, NECA, they've all started doing this across the lines. They're using a digital printing technology where it, it prints the likeness right onto the sculpt, which is something that uh, overseas companies have been doing for a while. I say Figuarts did that quite a bit. Um, but to me, even today, they still look a little grainy. Um, this is the regular forehead without the sunglasses. Wow. It, to see the improvement, I don't have any of them up here, but I was talking to somebody, somebody that's in the toy industry about uh, how far things have come in such a short time. And we were talking about this, this digital printing and the Star Wars figures, you compare the Jedi Luke just came out from Return of the Jedi. That's, that's your guy. So I'm going to pull up for Dan. I don't have this figure. I try not to collect too much Star Wars these days. I'm going to pull up this Return of the Jedi Luke. To get his the, opinion, because the best Star Wars movie. <laughs> so you had, I think, I found for you the the original, the original Jedi Luke yep. that Hasbro put in the Black series. Mm -hmm. So you remember what that movie? Kind of had those Mickey Mouse dark <laughs> eyes. All right, this is the new one. There's a pause because I'm trying to fucking Google this. Here's the new one. Actually, here's both of them. Here's the original. I'll show you the original one first. <laughs> His eyes are so lifeless. <laughs> At the time, I loved it, but let's see what we're working with today. Yeah. <laughs> that will save night and day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. And the fact that these figures have come such a long way in a short time and at retail, they've pretty much remained the same price. I think Hasbro's going to bump their stuff up a, a buck or two in the new year or pretty soon. But, I mean, these things have pretty much remained at nineteen ninety nine for the past five six years yeah. which is pretty wild with the way the economy yeah, is else goes up. yeah so i mean the value you're getting when we talk about value we can't talk about value without me gushing over neca right because neca has been putting out these ultimate edition figures for for a while now where they come with all different hands all different heads all these accessories and they're doing it for under 30 dollars 
Uh, Mattel has recently started trying to do that with their WWE Ultimates line. They even took the name. Um, they've, they've got three waves out right now. Fourth wave was just officially announced with uh, Brock Lesnar and and uh, Shawn Michaels. They've got two or three heads. They come with different arms, entrance attires, different hands. They're not bad, but they're more expensive than what NECA's putting out. NECA, who's a much smaller company than a Mattel, and NECA's keeping their price point down. And NECA does not have the retail space or retail presence that a Mattel has. So to me, that's kind of wild. Um, you're going to hear me talk a lot about NECA because the, the shit they put, I mean... You look around this room, I'd say 85% of what you're looking at is NECA. They just kill it. I mean, is everything perfect? Absolutely not. Nothing is. But as far as bang for your buck, you're not going to get anything better. Um, I'm just looking around. Dan, are you ever a Power Ranger fan? To a degree, yeah. So Power Rangers, I loved them growing up. I was a big fan. I collected this stuff as a kid. Every now and then over the years, Bandai America would put out, try to put out something better than what they had. And uh, I'd pick it up, I'd get really excited, and I just was never impressed with the product. SH Figure Arts released some Mighty Morphin Power Ranger figures a few years back. I liked them, but they're fragile. They're you know, they're they're the epitome of collectibles. You don't want to really play around with them despite the articulation. But recently Hasbro acquired the license. Well, they bought they bought Power Rangers. And um They've been putting out Marvel Legends style figures. They've got more articulation than Marvel Legends, which is pretty mind blowing. Now, I haven't followed Power Rangers since I was a kid, but this has completely reinvigorated my desire and my passion for the franchise. I went out uh, two weeks ago to a local comic store, Zap Comics. They had their annual sale. I picked up every trade that's out right now from Power Rangers and uh, I'm working my way through them. It's awesome. These figures are just incredible. I mean, uh, again, I'm going to give you a little comparison. If you bear with me a second, here's the Bandai of America Armored Red Ranger. Here's the Hasbro Armored Red Ranger. Yeah, this one feels like a knockoff of this one. <laughs> Which one feels like the knockoff? Be specific because people can't yeah, see us. The Bandai one. And compare the comparison to the one that I'm pulling right here. They just recently did an episode in the new season of the Toys That Made Us about Power Rangers. And uh, obviously Hasbro taking over is a very recent thing, but um, it'd be interesting to see them revisit some of these episodes with more product that has come out. Uh, to me, these are night and day. I mean, they're already, they're only three waves in. We're already getting comic figures. We got Lord Draken. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything if you don't keep up or if you're interested in reading. I'm just going to show Dan Lord Draken. Uh, so this is a, a character that never appeared in the TV show or any movie or anything like that. Kind of like Bret Hart. <laughs> well, I think if Bret Hart were going to rate this figure, he'd probably... I don't know. I mean, we're not talking about a Triple H match, so I don't know if he'd give it a 4 out of 10. But what do you think Bret Hart would rate this figure? 4.5 out of 10. 4.5 out of 10. He's very hard to please. He is very hard to please. If it were a Bret Hart figure, easily 10 out of 10. If it's a guy that looks like Bret Hart, ah, oh, I can't give that. I can't in good faith give that a 
you know, it's not we're not talking about El Dandy here. If this were El Dandy, I mean, he hey, he's a bang up guy, but can we talk about Bret Hart's drawings, his art? <laughs> this is, this podcast is not rated, so yeah, I guess we could talk about Bret Hart's drawings. If you have not ever seen, so Bret Hart's an artist on top of one. We're not just talking about in the ring, folks. We're talking about an actual pen to paper artist. artist. He an artiste. He has some very inspired sketches of some of his favorite wrestlers. You might say caricatures, caricatures, if you will, of Hulk Hogan. If you will, we've got Hulk Hogan, we've got Ric Flair with some of the scariest nipples I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Gushing like a fucking faucet. <laughs> Who else was there? Those are tits that stick out, but yeah. there were a couple other guys he had out there. But yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, Google Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan drawing, and Bret Hart, Ric Flair drawing, and... I don't know that you'll thank me for it, but Jesus Christ, you're going to see something there. Um... We're about 40 minutes right now. What what else do you want to talk about? All right, so I, I know that I've got your back. You're, you're a wrestling figure guy now again after you see this, Dave. I know you're going to go pick up all the all the new releases from the WWE Mattel Elite Collection line available at Ringside Collectibles, your wrestling figure provider. Walmart, Target, if you're in Canada, you still have Toys R Us, you lucky fucks. Um, and that's really all we got here in the States. Um He's probably not going to buy anything else. He's probably just going to take this Dave home, never open it. No, I'll open it. He'll, he'll be on my shelf. Who, is there anybody else on your shelf? Uh, a green Pants Matt Hardy. Ooh. That was from his return a few years ago. Yeah. Who else? Cannot deny my love of Matt else? Hardy. Someone else there that I picked up for you later. There is somebody else in black, but he's Alistair actually black. He's in the drawer. He's, <laughs> he's not displayed. Oh. Only Matt was, because... You know, when I hear about that fantastic Alistair Black figure being in the draw, it, it makes me ponder another question. It makes me wonder, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Is it one that Mattel would want me to hear about? Maybe not Mattel because they don't hold the license, but Hasbro, oh, Hasbro. depending on how. Now, we are recording this on December 15th. We're five days away from... 2019. Of 2019, yes. We are five days away from the release of Star Wars, the... What the Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. I thought he died in the last one. Spoilers. Um, the death of Skywalker. The de- <laughs> What's really happening in this movie? We don't know. We don't know if Darth Plagueis is going to be in this. If he is, I'm sure he's a first ballot Black Series figure candidate. Let's talk about the Black Series real quick. Dan, you were collecting the Black Series for a while with me. Mostly original trilogy stuff. But let's go back to that summer. The summer of whatever year it was when we turned 17. Okay. Not the summer of 69, Brian Adams, but... Or the summer of punk. Or the summer of punk. Oh, can we talk about the summer of punk? Is what? he going to wrestle again? Is he going to come back at Mania and fight Rollins? I need to know, is he going to take out Seth Rollins? Sorry, what was his first name? Set. There's no H in it? No. Cole doesn't pronounce an H. Cole, the voice of WWE, doesn't pronounce an H. It's a set. Set Rollins, now teaming with the Authors of Pain. Are they going to... Is Punk afraid of the Authors of Pain? Also known as the Swift Brothers. <laughs> Yo. Yo, you suck, Punk. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think Punk's coming back to wrestling. I think Punk's going to wrestle again. Because I, I love Punk. Love him. Ordered his first UFC pay-per-view fight. 
waste of money. I also two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> I also bought on Amazon. You're on the third floor. His recent horror movie. How was it? Did you watch it? I watched it. Was his performance captivating? He was good. So he had no reason to come back to wrestling full time. He, he was all right. He had a good, he was all right. good analyst career going on. Good, good, amazing analyst. Sporadically on WWE backstage. I think he's going to come back. I think him not being on the week Rollins was on was a work. And I think he's coming back. Right. I hope he's coming back. I hope he's coming back. That's me knocking on plastic, not wood. But I hope he's coming back. I think he's just as likely to come back to wrestling as I am to come back to wrestling figure collecting. Oh, which is yo. 0.001%. You fuck. You sick fuck. That being said, we're going to go back now to the summer of Tarkin. Yes. Which we alluded prequel. to earlier. This was the end of the prequel trilogy. And what a trilogy it was. Okay. Black Series, though. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Black Series. We are getting Flo Koon next year. Oh, shit. Hopefully, Kid Fisto. Hopefully my boy Kip Fistel comes out. He'll be smiling. When? There are rumors, I think. I don't know if it was confirmed, but there were, I believe there were rumors. When are we getting? And I have a feeling if this movie goes the way I think it's going to go, I think if we're going to get him, Jar Jar Binks. When are we getting Jar Jar Binks? Would you buy a Jar Jar Binks? And do you think Jar Jar Binks is actually Darth Plagueis? You know, I've entertained that thought before. That he's at the very, very powerful Sith Lord. Oh, me so very powerful, Annie. And Misa making come. <laughs> Star Wars gangster app. If anyone wants to look that up, it's very, very entertaining. But I thought, honestly, you were going with the route of talking about GMT. Certain grand... You want to talk about Grand Moffs? Grand Moff. Talk you want to talk about Grand Moffs? The only motherfucker that'll stand up to Vader. Yeah. Tarkin, that was a pretty shitty figure back in the day. But the Black Series Tarkin. With the hand behind his back? Black Series Tarkin, one of the few Star Wars figures I've bought in the past year or two. Uh, amazing figure. Looks just like him. Looks just like that moth. The um, grand moth. <laughs> the grand moth, if you will. But you didn't answer my question. When and would you buy a Jar Jar Binks figure? No, I, was, I, I wasn't a fan of Jar Jar. Why didn't you like Jar Jar? I mean, all I cared about in episode one was Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul. Qui-Gon Jinn was good. Darth Maul was great. Debatable. The I feel like the what Darth Maul was meant to be was great. Darth Maul in that movie, not so great. Well, I mean, great by standards of that prequel series just sucked. Fair. Tom Duke um, wasn't a bad character, but his lightsaber battle where it was just his face being illuminated <laughs> by his lightsaber... You didn't like that? No, episode two is not strong. Would you say that was a better or worse lightsaber fight than the original McGinnis-Vader fight? With a slow motion spin move? Yes. I'm down with that slow motion spin move. That wasn't bad for, for giving, giving McGinnis. So Alex McGinnis was yeah. 85 years old. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty damn good. Have you seen on, I don't know where it was, YouTube, I'm assuming, the uh, somebody went and updated that fight and refilmed it and they superimposed their you know his face on it. It's pretty awesome. It's you know there are people that didn't like it obviously because it wasn't I guess official canon and you know, but I saw it when it came out and I rewatched it a few weeks ago at a Star Wars viewing party where Joey, what the fuck, man? I spent how many fucking hours at your house and you couldn't put on one Jar Jar Binks movie for me? Nobody wants to see Jar Jar but you, I think. 
or maybe a very slight few of those in the internet. What about the guy that played Jarger? He almost committed suicide after, after because he was so depressed over the way people responded to that character. I think. Don't call me on that. I think that's a real thing, though. Or you're thinking about the kid that played Anakin in episode one. He was pretty depressed. I think. <laughs> I think they probably both were. But I'm. But he did. Hopefully, go, they're okay today. But at least he went yippee at one point. Yippee! Episode one has the best, uh, large amount of quotables just for being horrendous, but still funny at the same time. How how did you feel about Watto? Watto, he was a shrewd businessman. Shrewd businessman. Yeah, I respect and, him. And slave monger. Uh, that too, but we'll brush over that. We we can't talk about that. This is a children's podcast. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> we're, we're not on YouTube, folks, so we can not market this to kids. Um, but yeah. Um, where were we going with this? About Star Wars? I don't know. We're, I just love... So I bottom, just, bottom line... Is, the talking comes in my brain. Yeah, I, I love Jar Jar. People think that I'm just pulling their chain. Uh, I think that... I think the actor kind of alluded to this, that there was some, it was supposed to be set up that he was supposed to play a much different, bigger role going forward, but the response was so terrible that they were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, and there's a hell of a lot of evidence in those films that he was supposed to be the brains of the Sith, I think. When you when you really get down to business and see what he was doing and just how, how smart he was, how tactical he was. Uh, maybe. And? Would he have been better than Snoke? No, nah, Snoke was great, especially with those underpants he was wearing. <laughs> well, that's from the figure. Yeah. That was Dan undressing the figure, not anything shown in the movies. Um, but yeah, I don't think Jar Jar has the capability of killing younglings the way Anakin did. No one can kill him as well. What about that meme where <laughs> they're dialing Anakin to deal with kids? <laughs> he was a young youngling murderer. He wasn't. I don't know if Jar Jar had that testicular fortitude to go about doing anything he needed to to fully embrace dark side like when he cut off Mason dude's hand he did and do he, he followed up with what have I done <laughs> it was the easiest heel turn in the world but how do you think Anakin was a stronger weak character to be turned I mean it's he seemingly turned so easily to the dark side um, but to yeah, be he, fair, he, he heard was, a story. He did a hear really good, compelling story. He did hear quite the tragedy, and I don't know. I'm a pretty strong-willed person. I don't know if if the senator himself or the senate, the senate itself, told I, me this. I am the senate. I am the senate. Hello there. If he were to tell me a certain tragedy, I don't know that I would have the fortitude to. To, not to block swayed. it out, yeah. Especially at that time, he was worried about Padme giving birth and dying in childbirth. And he brought up this great story that happened to link in with his personal life. And the amount of head tilts towards Anakin just it really bought, he bought in. He did buy in. He bought in like Seth Rollins bought in. You said Seth there. Oh, fuck. Seth Rollins bought into the authority and turned on his shield brothers. One of which. At the time of going, not at the time, but not long after, he's going through a very personal battle. Oh, Dean Ambrose, right? Mm, talking about the big dog. Talking about the big dog. Um, we're at fifty minutes here. Let's let's round this out to a solid hour. We can't end it on the tragedy of Darth Vader. It's such a depressing story. Let's talk about something upbeat. Let's talk about uh, pro wrestling. We're back into pro wrestling. Something we have bonded over for almost twenty years now. Let's talk about AEW. Have you kept up with it? I have not. 
<laughs> I've heard of NXT. So we were incredibly pumped for AEW before it debuted. What happened? Why have you not kept up? I haven't kept up either. <laughs> Why yeah. are you mad at me? I, I don't know. Because I expected you. And I feel like you're more of a wrestling purist than I am. Um, so man. I was a little disappointed to hear that you haven't kept up. Um, I figured I just had the time commitment to make towards one promotion. Or in this case, one show. That's solely for me at NXT. I don't really watch Raw or SmackDown. I don't watch AEW, as Mike just said. Or as we discussed. But NXT, the product that I feel... Well, no matter who's there, it just keeps rolling. And whenever anyone thinks that, oh, this guy's moving on. You know what time it is. Yeah, it's Limp Bizkit references. WWE's favorite band, Limp Bizkit. Now do you attribute that success to one Triple H? I think the fact that they have a smaller writing team certainly helps, yeah. And I've heard, I've read online that Triple H one other individual as opposed to the 20-odd people that are doing Raw or SmackDown. I don't think it's kind of like too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, now that NXT is kind of officially or unofficially the third brand, they're on mm-hmm. network TV or cable television. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything streams now. Um, do you think we're going to see kind of the plundering of their roster to, to fill out Raw and SmackDown going forward, do you think they're going to kind of leave these guys alone? It came out about a week or two ago, uh, Tommaso Ciampa said that he told Vince, I guess Vince, who the hell else would he tell, that if they try to move him to Raw and SmackDown, he's going to retire, that he's done, that's it. He does not want to move. He wants to be in NXT for the rest of his career. Um, I mean, these guys there really have bought into NXT and what it could be and making it the best they can. Do you think we're going to see like we have in the past where they come in and they take these these hot new talents and move them up to the main roster? Do you think we're going to continue to see that or do you think they're going to kind of let them build NXT with these talents? Yeah, I think they, it's in their best interest to maintain what they're growing because not only for, as you said, it's the third brand, but they're going head-to-head with AEW that same night. They have to keep building a strong product. I just honestly, I enjoy seeing the fact that someone like Ciampa, Gargano, you sent Balor back there. You have a great talent, Heath Lee, Dodger, and Dodger Coach. This is since, so, since Balor's been back, to me, it looks like he's kind of been, his passion's been yeah. reignited almost. I mean, compared yeah, to what he was doing on Absolutely. SmackDown, you know, he looks like he gives a damn again, which, you know, some of his performance, I love Balor, I'm a big fan of his, back to his uh, Prince, Prince Debit days. Uh, you know, Fergal. Back, back when he was just a little old Fergal. Um, seeing how he was in Japan, seeing how he was in his in, initial NXT run, and then seeing what happened when he came back from that tragic injury uh, with the match with Set at SummerSlam, uh, he just he never caught on. Not that he didn't catch on because the fans loved him, but they really didn't want to do anything with him. I feel like they thought he, maybe he, they thought he was too injury prone. He really kind of floundered on Raw. Smackdown, whatever the hell Brandy was on, or they were all over the place. Um, and I don't know, I felt like a lot of what he was doing seemed phoned in. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard to sink your teeth into something when you're being two minutes of TV time, which yeah, uh, absolutely. Getting, back to NXT, he's cutting promos, he's having 20 minute matches, main event matches. So, yeah, it makes sense. And I, it's great to see that. And, you know, I hope we see more of, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of people I'd like to go back there. I, I would love to see them send Cesaro back, which I know is a pretty popular opinion. Why not team him up with uh, Cassius Ono? What are they doing with Ono? 
I can understand not wanting to bring him up to the main roster given his age and all that. You know, you're, you're never going to push him as a top guy on Raw or SmackDown, but he's in this smaller pond. You've got two hours to fill. Why not let him and, and Cesaro just dominate the tag division? Yeah, it's a viable option out there. And just really who you have building. I have a friend, a friend of ours named Kevin, who was watching Survivor Series. A certain bug? A certain bug. But he was watching Survivor Series with me, and the guy told me after watching Survivor Series that Keith Lee was a fair wrestler after not watching Keith Lee ever before. And that's why I feel like... So would you say that Kevin Bast in the glory of Keith Lee? Lee. Yep. Woo, woo. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, I just think, even if I watch NXT with someone who watch wrestling, it's just, it's pure to me. And because of that, I can easily watch as much as a person that has watched wrestling sporadically can. I don't feel the same way about Raw or SmackDown. I feel like if I sit back down and watch an episode here and there, I'm like, why am I even bothering with this right now? So kind of to go to a maybe an odd comparison, but Raw, obviously Raw and SmackDown are very scripted. If you miss an episode, you might not really know what's going on storyline-wise, why mm-hmm. these people are wrestling this week. Would you say NXT is more like Seinfeld, where each episode is almost... I mean, obviously there's overarching stories, but if you miss a week... You're not walking in completely blind. You're still it's it's more of a like product driven yeah. show based. as opposed to a storyline driven show. Yeah. No, I've I've missed an episode of NXT and I would like skim through the results but I'd watch the next week and yeah, I felt I was at home, didn't have to worry about what exactly happened tenfold in this regard. I just felt good about it. I could jump 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 back into it and rewatch the show. So yeah. Now, after we, well, I didn't watch um, Double or Nothing, but I know we were talking about it the night it aired. After Moxley debuted with AEW, mm-hmm. we were pumped. I know I went, I made a Moxley custom that night, uh, which is at the bottom of a drawer now. <laughs> um, we were pumped for AEW to debut in the fall. Yeah. Why? Well, I know you, obviously you just told me that the time. there's only so much time you can spend watching wrestling why didn't you give AEW a chance? Or did you and you didn't yeah, get the first I gave it the first two weeks, actually. I watched the first two weeks fully. I used my uh, parents' login to get into TNT on my Roku. We, we can't talk about that. We're live now. But, uh, I mean, they're my parents. It's fine, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but regardless, I did watch the Just first don't mention weeks. my cable provider. It will be good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it just didn't really take to it. I know I could have given it more of a chance, but that time... In my opinion, NXT was firing all cylinders from the get-go of when they got their net on USA. So I was like, ah, I, can commit with, I can commit to this. And I think at the time I thought maybe I would do both, but as the weeks went on, I just found myself gravitating towards NXT, watching that, reading about it, going on forums, seeing how people were discussing it, talking about it on Reddit, for instance, something like that. I just, huh. It was, to me, everything I wanted, and I didn't feel the need to delve any further. All right, so I'm going to end this which is a few questions, kind of a word association. Okay. Just a couple questions. Just first thing that comes to your mind. So it's a lot of favorites, so it should be, might be, you might be hard. Um, favorite wrestling figure you ever owned? And if you don't say that fucking three-pack Jim Anvil Neidhart that you spent God knows how fucking much money on, I'm going to be really disappointed. No, it's still that Elite 16 CM Punk. All right, Elite 16 CM Punk, great figure. Favorite pro wrestler? Currently. Oh, currently. Not of all time. Current, we're going to get there. Currently. Hmm. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling. Favorite pro wrestler of all time. 
Chris Jericho. Okay. Little champion. Look under your seats. Any coupons? No, there's no coupons. Nah, I'm too fucking cheap for that. Favorite video game? Metal Gear Solid. Favorite movie? Oh. La Bamba. Followed by A League of Their Own, which is then followed by Bronx Tale. I have a very solid three. Solid top three. change. Favorite, your big music guy, you got a bunch of music tattoos. Now, favorite artist? Jeff Rosenstock. Second favorite artist? Pup. What the fuck? I'm trying to get this guy on the fucking show. Could you give me a segue into this band? Somewhat newer. They've been around four or five years. Prince Daddy and the Hyena. The name sounds absurd to someone that never heard of them, but they get it done. If you're listening, Bromeo, I'm hoping you're going to be on here. You told me you would. We're going to talk Ninja Turtles. Uh, Favorite... Favorite non-wrestling action figure that you owned? Oof. I mean, I did have that that one snake, solid snake figure, right? It's a J- Japan one. You oh, me the Rebel it. Tech one. Yeah, the Rebel Tech awesome. snake. Yeah, the, the head was insane. Like, Bunch of cigarettes. Accessories up the wazoo. If I ever get that other snake, though, it might it might just creep up to the top that, of the list. Some of these third-party things take a long time to come out. Um, Two two let final questions and we're done. First one, you haven't. I don't know if, if you officially answered it before. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? I mean, I was supposed to, but the Jedi didn't want to inform me about it. And last question, uh, Danzy, how big is Batista's dick? Ten inch. Thank you, Shiki baby. We're gonna stop it right there. Thank you, Dan, for being on. I know you thought this was just gonna be a test. Um, I, I test. This is a test. Oh, Andrew. Not, but I kind of suckered you into being here. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you if you are listening. Uh, next week, we're, we're firing on all cylinders now. I, I started this thing in September. We haven't really put out any episodes yet. Very first one. Next week, we're going to have another good friend of mine, Mike Trenacosta from Camp Blood. He's going to come on. He's going to tell you a very heartwarming holiday story. Um, we're going to share some of our favorite uh, memories of, of toys and gifts we've received over the years. So look for that next week. We're going to record that next Saturday, the 21st, 2019, December 21st, 2019. Uh, remember, no cuts, no edits. We're doing this one shot, one shot wiener here. Uh, OSW, thank you again, Dan. Enjoy your Batista figure. He's holding up my Grand Metalik. He's trying to get me to do the Metalik chant. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to tease you. I'm not going to give it to you. Metalik. Metalik. <laughs> India. Number one. <laughs> if you ever saw Jinder Mahal win the WWE Championship, the Indian announcers were very excited for that. This is a horrible way to close out the first episode, but that's what we're going with. We're leaving it there. I'm not cutting it out. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you again, Dan. I really appreciate it. This has been Mike toying around with my best friend, Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Or I guess you'll hear me next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.